everybody. Welcome to Integration Care Stat. This is podcast two, and I am here with Dr. Greg Mater and Beth Kapitsky, and we are talking about integrated care. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the patient perspective. And Beth has been is willing to share her experience with us coming from a couple of different states and experiencing two different systems of healthcare. So hello, dear listener, and hello, everybody in the room with me. Hello. <laughs> so, Beth, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Beth. I was uh, grew up in Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. What do you like to do? Oh, my goodness. I love being outdoors. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's uh, very calming and uh, creative, artistic. Why are you here in Denver? Needed a change of atmosphere. Hmm. Absolutely want to be around like-minded people i love the just not laid back atmosphere but it's everybody's high different. it's laid back well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody we're not, not but no. <laughs> a lot of people are yes. <laughs> but i also um i think i'm looking at my mental health and i'm i'm wanting to be in a place where i know i can heal properly and i think being in Texas, it was not a healthy environment. So when you say healing proper, properly, what kind of like, uh, what kind of health history do you have? Um, well, back in 2008, I was, the, uh, well, 2006, I was originally diagnosed with uh, melanoma. I had a mole removed and I was clear at that time. And it was about a year and a half later in 2008, I was diagnosed with stage four. It had metastasized in my lung. I went to a number of doctors, and three of which I was misdiagnosed mm. until I finally went to the emergency room and under the direction of the third doctor. And they kind of guessed of what it was, and then I had a test run. Doctor said it was not melanoma. The lab said it was. Another lab said it was not. <gasps> So it was back and forth, and my my oncologist from uh, my first turn with cancer, uh, she was highly upset, and she pretty much knew what it was. And so we got all my information together and finally went down to MD Anderson about a month later, and that's when I was provided with my two different, two different types of therapy. Mm. And so both of them would be administered in the hospital, so. Uh, my oncologist was great. I, to this day, I, I wish I could have brought her with me. <laughs> but um, I love meeting doctors like that. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'll drive for you. <laughs> yes. She, huge ad, patient advocate. Mm. So, but after all was said and done with the chemo, I uh, started, I guess things started bubbling as far as mental health goes. I was having an anxiety attacks and I really didn't know where it was coming from. Did, did anybody call it anxiety attacks? No. Okay. When I lived in Texas, nobody was calling anxiety anxiety. It was always stress. Oh, you're stressed out. Panic attack. Yeah. But nobody even talked about that. No. Because Probably because it was, I don't. number one, I think there was a lack of information. Certainly, like therapists, psychologists, we knew about that stuff. But even now, when I hear people say like, oh my God, I can't sleep. I can't catch my breath. My heart's beating real fast. I'm like, that's, that sounds like anxiety. Oh no, I'm just stressed out. Okay. <laughs> so I, I mean, that entire ordeal, in particular, having been misdiagnosed a couple of times, I, 
boy, I, I would have a hard time trusting after that. Yes. My oncologist is the only person that I trust. Yeah. <laughs> so well, as far as doctors go, but yeah, it was, that was hard. But what's funny is when I was going through therapy, my mind was clear as a bell, like nothing could shake me. I was just like. Uh, therapy, like the chemo? The, the chemo. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. It was hardcore. It was in the hospital, very sick, but you know, I had two weeks off in between each round to kind of, you know, one was a down week. The other one was an up week. So mm. eat everything you can and keep going. And then vomit it up as yes, soon as you're done. That's right. Man. So moving, having that experience in Texas and how long did you stay in Texas after that treatment you got for, for that cancer? I uh, just, I guess 11 years. Wow. Did you see doctors? <laughs> did, <laughs> did you see doctors since then? Off and on, um, whether I had uh, insurance or not, that pretty much dictated whether I was seeing a doctor or not. So that was, it was rough. Uh, when I didn't have insurance, I wasn't seeing anybody to, to keep up with either my physical health or my mental health. Hmm. I know that you did start on antidepressants. When did you start on them? It's probably two, two years after my clear diagnosis. Okay. So what would happen if you ran out of insurance if you were taking those? Because everyone says you have to wean off, right, Greg? Most of them, yeah. You can yeah. have withdrawal symptoms from, from many of those, but it uh, depends on the specific medicine. Yeah, I would just stop. Well, how did that affect functioning in other areas? Like, how did that affect you at work in your, you know, relationships outside of work? I thought, hey, I'm doing better. I don't need this anymore. Oh. I didn't have insurance and mm -hmm. then... You know, the spiral downwards. Super common. I can't yeah. tell you how many people have come in and been like, I don't think I need this anymore. I'm feeling really good. <laughs> Super common. That I would get back on them after I had insurance again and things would be great. And I would probably, I would leave that job. I would just get frustrated. Mm. Uh, I just, again, I think there was something else under the surface that was bothering me, but I suppress it, mm -hmm. ignore it. No one ever does that. No. <laughs> so you coming here, shockingly different. How do you think that has affected, um, I want to say trajectory, which is off of my child's uh, cartoon that he watches all the time, <laughs> Blaze and the Monster Machines. But I also want to say prognosis. But being here, being able to have the control over taking care of your health care, how has that how do you think that's going to affect, I don't know, moving forward, the prognosis of you moving to Colorado and figuring out a new life here? Well, I'm positive about all the changes that are going to be coming. I'm positive about what I'm going to be experiencing with this new healthcare program. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a good outlook. I, I don't know. I'm excited about the future, mm -hmm. which, you know, haven't been, been that way in a while. Mm-hmm. I like the consistency. There's something that feels like just a load off. Yes. You know, even so when I was pregnant, I worked in clinic. <laughs> Greg scanned me a lot. <laughs> um, but being I there was something incredibly satisfying, like no matter how I did not like being pregnant, no matter how hard that day was, I knew that if something happened, there was somebody there that literally would come and take care of me and that knew how to do it. Okay. That made the entire thing so much easier. Like, just such a load off. Casey didn't have to worry if I was at work and something happened. Like, he knew that there were people there. I knew that there were people there. 
and just being a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really what they call it. That's no really? lie. And Greg, please. It's true. See? Okay. It's true. Geriatric pregnancy after 35. Sad. Anyway. Actually, actually they say uh, advanced maternal age, but. That's what they say now? Well, that's what they've been saying. Is, so did I, I did not make geriatric pregnancy up. Somebody said that to me. Wow. <laughs> I would not put those two words together. <laughs> it, well, I was like, geriatric? Didn't Janet Jackson just have a baby at 50? Like, I, I'm 35 years old. I'm not 35 now. But when that was said to me, I was like, what? Anyway, that's, yes, healthcare is certainly much different. I don't even know how we got on the topic of me being pregnant. Oh, having people take care of me that were yes. in the same clinic. And that being like such a... A load off, such a stress, um, just such a stress reliever, yes. you know, especially if it was something like, oh, my God, this is new. And Greg could be like, that's nothing. Don't worry about it. Or it hurts when I do this. And the famous doctor line. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my <laughs> usual advice. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was two things. One, you're, you're fine. That's nothing. And two, quit doing that. <laughs> and that's OK. When people come and see me, they just want permission for how to feel a certain way. It's OK if I feel this way. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So, yeah, I feel like there's certainly similarities like that that overall people need to hear because I need to hear that medically. But I'm I'm glad that you had that experience. I'm glad the experience was so stark, number one, to give you a really good contrast of how I'm going to I think this is a progressive state. So how healthcare is more progressive here than in other areas of yes. the United States. Do you think that's true, too, Greg? In some ways. Yeah, I, th- I think that is true. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're here and glad that you're able to go and have people that you trust again. Yes. And people that you can call. And they call and check up on me, which is another amazing mm. aspect. Mm. I mean, I, I was floored. They were like, this is so-and-so from the clinic. I was like, huh? <laughs> it threw me off. Do I have test results that yes. are coming back? <laughs> Do I have another appointment that I'm not sure about? Yeah. Do you have any questions? I'm curious about how um, your experience in an integrated practice like Clinica Campesina was. And uh, did you feel like you had unmet needs before you got there? And once you arrived, your eyes were kind of opened? Or did you feel like you were kind of lost uh, between the seams before and um, were able to get your needs met better once you were there? I think I got my needs met better here. Uh, Yes, absolutely. But... um... I guess I, I didn't know what to expect when I came in. I mean, mm. you had gone over it a little bit, Leah, before I uh, I went there. Beth and I are friends. Yes. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but, oh, you know, when it was actually in the room and, you know, the general practitioner would come in and then the uh, one of the assistants would come in and tell me, okay, well, you know, this person is going to come in and, and visit with you. And then you're going to have a tech come in and draw blood. And then you're going to have it. It's like, Wow. Okay, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Speeches. <laughs> <laughs> it really is surprising, it like is. to see that the the things that people can do, mm-hmm. um, and you know, from that clinical perspective, being able to have those co visits and do things in real time. There's not a measure to this yet, at least that I know of, and there certainly should be. I think that that affects patient outcomes. Oh, and that would be like two or three visits. Exactly, but not only that. That could be different locations, mm-hmm. right? That could be different providers. Yep. Um, it could also, if you're in different locations, what are the chances that their providers are talking unless they're on the same EHR? 
no. electronic health record or they are in the same physician group like Centura or SCL. Is that the other one? SCL. Um, I'm, I know there's other ones, but it, it's I think that that makes it it's kind of one more step. Right. Being in network with other providers and being able to see when you go and see Greg and he, you know, treats you for this flu. When you come and see me, I can see not only that, but I can also see like, oh, this flu, she was out of work for five days and maybe she lost her job. And then what does that look like? Does she need employment resources? Are there, you know, does she have food to feed her family? There's other ways to um, do that treatment all in real time that in my mind, certainly anecdotally produces better patient outcomes. And that's, you know, part of integrated care, treating the whole person. It feels like they care. Like mm. if they're, well, they're looking at the whole person and they feel like they makes the patient feel like the team there cares about what's going on. With yeah. And instead of just being patient XYZ. Yeah. I have that. So this has been my experience as a patient. Um, but the, the providers that I've seen as a patient, even not in an integrated setting, I feel the same way. Like I've never come in and felt, no one's ever come in and I felt dismissed or not heard. I know that 20 minute visits are super quick. So I'm organized when I go in there, which I think helps also. But even if it's for acute visits, I still feel like they're coming in. It could be flu season. I could be the 10th person they saw that day with the flu. And they still come in and and tell me how you're doing. Tell me about these symptoms. And so I, I have had that experience through Colorado. I would say certainly with primary care physicians that the there's... I don't know. I feel like it's just different. Yeah, I think it's different from the physician side as well. I've I've worked in both settings, and I think working in an integrated model is, is certainly more satisfying for me. I feel like I can meet people's needs better and, and make more progress mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And so I, I guess we could theorize that maybe they're asking you those extra questions because they feel like there's actually something they can do about it. Whereas if you're in a more traditional setting or, or a, a um, lower resource setting, asking questions like that could be a little bit uh quote unquote dangerous mm. where he you might get into a rabbit hole of um, things you can't do much about and mm-hmm. now you have to spend a whole lot of time digging your way out um, that's a trap I think a lot of people are afraid of in those visits that are scheduled for a very short time but in an integrated model you really have resources to address things that come up and take care of the person that's I think that's not only better for the patient but it's, um, it's actually nicer for us as well mm-hmm. share the care yeah <laughs> well this concludes the second podcast of integrated care Stat. (laughs) That means now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Beth, for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And Greg and I will sign off. Thank you, dear listener. Until we meet again. Take care, everyone.